0: Welcome to the Vantage Point podcast. Reda, thanks so much for joining me today. First of all, how are you?
1: I'm well, thank you. Thanks for having me on here. I'm quite excited to, as it is my first one. So I'm quite pleased that is with yourself. It seems like you've had quite a few nice people on here already. So hopefully I'm a, I'm going to be an addition to it.
0: Yeah, let's get straight into it. Tell me a bit about your background. What was the turning point in your life where you chose to pursue a career in physiotherapy?
1: I've always been into sport and I always wanted to have something that's going to be quite varied. I do like to do different things. I get bored quite easily. So I thought, you know what, physio is brilliant because it's got different sections in it. So you've got the neuro side of things, respiratory, the musculoskeletal. So whenever I get bored of one, I can just move on to the next one if I need to. I have trained obviously in the public system. So in the NHS, so I've done my rotations there. And then I decided to move abroad after a couple of years of specializing. So I specialized and then I decided to move abroad just because I just got border of the UK in general, I think. So I moved to the Middle East for a couple of years, worked in a private hospital there uh, within the musculoskeletal department, and then decided to relocate back to the UK to push myself a little bit in terms of the career as well. And, normally for physio the western side of the world is is much better in terms of development we've got a bit more sort of freedom as well what we can do we can do a lot of things that we can't do in the middle east or sort of the asia side of the world really at the moment i'm team lead for an fcp role so first contact practitioner so it's a little bit more like a physio but instead of going to the gp you go straight to us so it's more of a first contact type of job so we do a lot of assessment injections scans triaging as well. So we do quite a varied number of roles really within the same profession. And so it sort of just goes back to sort of ongoing learning and different people and trying to explore different avenues with physiotherapy. So here I am.
0: You mentioned you move from having a favorite of of one aspect of your work to another. What's the favorite part of your work right now?
1: I would probably say interacting with different people and just learning every day. I think it's always been the same thing for me for quite a few years just because I feel that keeping your mind quite active and learning daily is is one I'm really passionate about I'm sort of passionate about developing and and changing and making things for the better and sort of the ongoing process it gives you a bit of a dopamine boost every every couple of days really so uh, yes I'm really passionate about that so this is what I love I love people is what I love getting to know people and socializing with people I guess if I didn't I wouldn't be in this job anyway so
0: Talk to me about like your client base then. Without giving me specifics, would you say you get more clients who need physio because they live very sedentary lifestyles and don't move enough? Or do you get more issues from people who are maybe athletes who overtrain and don't focus on their recovery enough? And so that leads to problems for them?
1: So our company works for the NHS. So we tend to see more the sedentary side of the population who are not active enough or they've not looked after themselves for quite a few years. And so we are then sort of guiding people into getting a little bit more active. On the private side of things, you get a lot of people that have been sedentary and then they start their gym journeys and they've overdone something or they've just exacerbated or overloaded their body capacity, really. And then we tend to see those. So majority of those type of patients that I tend to see, you do get a few or a couple uh, from the athlete or sport side of things. So, So bodybuilder type of injuries as well, or who've been competing for quite a long time. So that's sort of like a different group of people that we tend to be exposed to. But majority of the time, it's more the fact that we're not looking after our bodies well enough, really, to be able to cope with the load that then we start to do.
0: What are some of the most common issues you see?
1: Lower back, knee problems. Then you've got the neck, the shoulder issues. But a lot of the time it's neck and knees
0: you mentioned there was a few that came to you from like a lifting background. Obviously, that's my interest and that's my field of expertise. What's your advice to maybe people who work out, who don't look after themselves enough or know how to? What bit of advice would you give?
1: just be skeptical of the advice you are receiving within the industry in, in in itself, really. Because yes, it's brilliant to have social media. It's brilliant to talk to and connect with a lot of people. So you will be receiving all sorts of advice. So then people are sort of confused as to what advice to take as well. So take the advice with a pinch of salt because a lot of people that get pains and aches and things because they've overloaded themselves or they've done too much too quickly. And so the body was not ready for it. So I think it's just understanding how much your body can can cope with and making sure that we realize that as we age our body also changes the recovery changes as well and I think sometimes we do forget you know so we you do get an odd patient or client that comes up well like, you know if 10 years ago five years ago I've been able to lift this and that but now I can't and why is that and I think it's just being aware that actually our bodies and our brains and like everything else changes so we have to be sort of learning about ourselves in that time rather than thinking what we were able to do and what can we do now so taking sort of a lot of factors into consideration so making sure that we know ourselves well really that's what i would say
0: so you're saying um the Jim bro science that i've been hearing is is actually wrong uh,
1: not necessarily wrong i think it's So one point of view, I think it's being pushed too much, definitely. I've never been a big fan. For example, you have to squat to get brilliant legs or that's that's a complete myth. I don't believe that at all. I think all these ideas are being pushed for different reasons, really marketing and and not not necessarily based on evidence, really, or a lot of substance really behind it. So I'd probably say, yeah, take it with a pinch of salt, really, and look after yourself and understand that every human being is very different. So the way you or what you tolerate may be a little bit different too to your friend and probably family member or your gym bro that you've got in the gym
0: i mean tell me about your workout routine because eh? you know i see you share a lot of like fitness content as well as sort of the more in-depth physiotherapy side of things what do you do differently in your training as a physio that other lifters wouldn't do
1: I'm sort of keeping to the old fashioned. So a day for shoulders or a day for triceps and thighs, let's say, or a back day or a leg day. But then purely because of time, I do the agonist and then antagonist. So let's say if I'm I'm working out my legs and if I'm working out my quads, then I go straight into the hamstrings. If you look at quite a bit of research, it does allow the the opposing muscle to relax a little bit. And so rest is important. So the recovery within the sets for me, that's how I tend to recover. And then I go into the, the other exercise really. So it's one way to save time. I do love the gym don't get me wrong but I do want to make it as effective and as efficient as possible really so I don't want to spend hours in the gym and what you want to go hard really and so I think if you're going to go much heavier and you're going for power and strength well obviously you do need a longer rest and probably you can sort of have an active rest and sort of walk around in between sets if you wanted to but I think that's that's what works for me and I don't really see a lot of that in females. A lot of females are sort of quite against lifting anyway. And I think that's changing slowly, but I think it seems like we're focusing more on the legs on on the beauty more side of things rather than the arms and the rest of the muscles that we're supposed to be focusing on. So I do target all the body parts and then I do a bit of an active rest day. And then I do a rest day where I don't really do a lot, just maybe potentially go for a walk. So before I used to do hours and hours on end of, let's say basketball. And then I used to be in the gym for about two hours running or, or cycling and I used to think in my own brain, this is this is good for me, you know, this is going to build my. which it's not the case, obviously. And so with years, then I sort of bolted and changed my routine a little bit more. So I do get enough rest. And so I'm able to then push on my next workout as well. Because in terms of recovery as well, you have to have enough rest. It's really, really key, I think. And that's when we start to develop injuries and things when we don't allow the body to recover same with learning a new skill you know your brain starts to change as well you're learning how to play piano it becomes more automatic with time but yet you need to have that rest as well to be able to be better and push a little bit more
0: yeah definitely i think people often misconstrue the time they're spending the gym they think that's when they're making progress and building muscle but actually it's the time when you're asleep or out of the gym resting hydrating and feeding your body that's when you're actually building muscle and that's when you're really making the progress when you're in the gym all you're doing is is breaking your body down. So if you just continue to break your body down and don't give yourself enough time to recover, as I'm sure you've seen, that can lead to all sorts of long-term issues down the line. Now, a goal of mine is to combat the inevitable deterioration of my muscle, bones, joints once I pass a certain age, because I want to feel strong and I want to feel able to do stuff, even when I'm in my 80s, because I think we can now with the knowledge we have. What are some tips you would give to young people who share that goal with me?
1: I'd probably say have a bit more of a varied approach to exercise okay so yes training brilliant resistance training is great build muscle absolutely particularly for females as well actually so if you're a woman over 50s you will start losing a lot of muscle bulk purely because of the mental cycle and also your your hormone changes and things like that i think it's really essential that we maintain that muscle bulk for males and females more so for females i'd probably say but also to take a varied approach so potentially do a bit of cardio so do you either cycling or you're swimming or you're walking whatever it is your preferred method of training and probably some stability work as well so either yoga or pilates so somewhere where your mind can then rest because actually you know taxing your body let's say psychologically uh, and taxing your body physically at the same time will obviously raise your cortisol levels quite high and we know that chronic raising cortisol levels is not good for anybody really mentally nor physically really in terms of injuries as well as so diet is obviously key is really important what we put in our bodies is what we get out really as well so we ought to be eating right and what is eating right and what diet it is i mean this is another massive conversation you could have really sleep is number one. Just because this is, as you said before, this is when we recover, this is when we repair the muscle fibres, this is when we repair our brains as well. If we're not getting this right, if we're not getting the recovery right, we're not going to be changing and we're not going to be developing really and that's a massive one. And I think in the current day and age, we we are not really focusing enough on the basics really. We are we are sort of, we're, our brains are very busy. We're thinking, okay, when should I say it's in the next day? We're, to, we're thinking about work, we're thinking about the families, We're thinking about the economy side of things. There's a lot of things to think about, really. And I think we need to allow that brain to rest, particularly sleep. There is a little bit of research about how creatine is pretty useful for your brain and your muscle for longevity side of things but also gelatin. So those simple powders that you get from from a store or a shop, you can mix that in in a cup of water and drink that. That's known to be quite good for your joints. The plasticity as well in itself or the way the body's changing. So that's quite useful. And normally with these supplements or anything additional that you're adding, it's normally a bonus. So as long as you've got your diet and you rest your exercise right, the, the supplementation is normally just an additional thing to think about if you want to potentially spruce your recovery up. So I think I would probably consider all of those things and try your best really. And don't be too harsh on yourself because, you know, sometimes you do feel that you need to constantly be improving things, but all it does sometimes is just stresses you out even more so because you're not doing the right thing or you feel guilty about not eating the right way.
0: I think you dropped several knowledge bonds there for people to dissect. A few of those I was definitely aware of. Creatine something I'm a big advocate for. Yeah, the sleep side of things you, you were saying. I think that's a really big one. In fact, I've been roasted by my friends in the group chat recently for setting myself a bedtime. But I think that's yeah, actually <laughs> one of the best things. Instead of just forcing myself to wake up early and get a workout in, I found I could do that, but I hated it. So instead, if I set myself a bedtime, my body would naturally wake up early and I would feel good starting the day. I spent a bit of time living out in the Philippines in the jungle. They had this kind of lifestyle there where they didn't really use alarm clocks. They just kind of went to bed when the sun set and wake up with the sun rise. And with that kind of sleep schedule, I felt probably the best I've felt in ages. So I've done my best to kind of replicate what I was doing there here in dark, rainy Wales. Are there any things you do specifically for your mental wellness or spiritual wellness? Maybe things that aren't so scientifically researched yet.
1: Mindfulness science came in quite recently, and also yoga. I tried that, but actually, <laughs> what I found is that it was not useful as I thought it would be. I just found that my mind was racing. It was more time for me to sort of not focus on anything. Supposedly, you, you'd probably want to stand there and be like, you know, you can relax and and have the peaceful moment to sort of let everything go. For me, it was the opposite. My mind then started doing all sorts of things, and it was not useful. So normally, for me, it would be just a walk. I'd probably go to the gym to clear my mind or to listen to some music, a walk, and reading, actually. I sort of had to force myself to read a little bit more. But what I find is that you go to a different world in terms of escapism in itself. And I think that tends to give you a bit of peace. Well, for myself, it does. I think for me, diet is also very important. Whenever I'm eating where I'm supposed to be eating, it does give me the mental clarity to do my job well, to not be too snappy as well. It doesn't sort of get, I don't seem to crash either in the evenings, which I've noticed that I do if I eat a lot of processed food as well.
0: People seem to really want the quick fix, particularly when it comes to stuff with their mental health. A lot of people have got into wellness and yoga and things recently because it forces them to just sit down and clear their head. But people will overlook the benefits of staying hydrated, looking after your food, going out for a walk, doing some exercise, and they'll turn very quickly to, okay, I can get prescribed X thing to make this feel better, but not actually solve the root of the problem. Most people will do literally anything but find the root of the problem and face the harsh reality that you've got to do something to fix that long term in your life. Is that something you notice with your clients or maybe just people you see online?
1: yeah no no 100 percent. i mean with my friends with my family even with myself i mean as a human being sometimes we we want the quick fix because it's the easiest thing you know we're looking for that magic pill to fix something and change is hard you know if you want to 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 change your habits in, in terms of food or especially exercise sometimes you think oh you know it, it's hard work really because it takes some time it takes consistency it takes a lot of mental effort to make those changes as well it very much depends on how not necessarily motivated but also the reason why you want to make those changes really so let's say if someone comes to me with saying, oh, you know, I know that I need to do this. Because a lot of the time we do have that information as to what, why something is not good, really. But it's making that move to, to sort of change that. That's the hard thing, really. And there's a lot of sort of science behind the change and what would be beneficial, How the, what's the easiest way to try and and, and make a change even if it is just doing a few sit to stands of a chair which a lot of the time we tend to prescribe to patients because we need to get them moving just to get things forward so it's just dwelling down into the reasons why you want to make that change do you want to be able to walk in your 80s or when you're in your 70s or do you want to be pushed around and lose your independence really so it's just thinking about more sort of the long-term consequences of of your current habits it depends whether that person is in that position where they can accept uh, the reasons for that change because a lot of the time we know what to do already it's just having that push or that le- realization really whether we need to make that change or not or whether actually we're comfortable and we're okay because actually comfort these days is a, is a is a big killer really
0: i think there's also a selfish element to it as well where people will know what to do and they will put it off isolated to that fair enough okay you know it's you you can do what you want but then when you start bringing negative energy to social events, complaining to others about how you're feeling when they would be thinking as well, here are the things you can do about it. Go and do it. Don't bring that negativity to me sort of thing. When you start spreading that kind of mindset to other people, that's when I feel like I've got a bit of a problem with it because there's things you can do to sort this, but you would rather try and bring me down by complaining essentially to me. I don't know. What are your thoughts on that?
1: When it comes to friends and family, I think, for example, so let's say my mother, okay, so she's got a few health problems where she knows she needs to make a change to get better. And I sort of work in the medical side of things. So I'm not some random person telling her what to do based on what I read. I sort of, you know, that's what I get paid to do. So you give people advice, but sometimes they're not ready to receive that advice and so sometimes people just want to complain or have a pity party that's not where the solutions come from really I don't think it's something that they intentionally do but I think they're in a point where they sort of want to exacerbate the problem enough so that 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 potentially make them realize that actually this is the time you need to make a change so it potentially may be that the person is just not at the right stage of where they need they're realizing actually this is it for me I've had it Change in itself is very, very difficult. As human beings, we are awful at it. We want the comfort. We want the luxury. We want the easy. And that's why I think we don't look for for that one thing, the magic pill, but not the basic stuff that, that we're supposed to do.
0: You mentioned earlier, you didn't think that squats were the best exercise necessarily for your legs. I've always thought of squats as one of the best ones. The big three, you know, bench squat, deadlift, whether it's barbell work in general, you're not such a fan of. What would you say over squats would be a better exercise you could be doing?
1: I'd probably go for lunges because let's say if you've got any muscle asymmetry, it also works on on your stability. It gets the muscle active in different areas. Your brain is having to work to change your legs and and things like that. So it's rather than repeating that same thing, you're sort of moving different aspects or different parts of your muscles as well in terms of strength and also you're having to think about what you're doing. You're having to balance as well, and I think once again you're, you're targeting the the muscle asymmetry as well. So every time I see patients and they say oh, I'm really struggling with with squats, I always suggest sort of let's bring down the weight. If you still can't manage, I start with 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 the lunges or some single leg work, and then you can go back into that full dynamic compound move.
0: Oh, fair enough. Yeah. Lunges are definitely one I would throw into programs as well. There's something I do on my own too, even with the weight on your back, something like that, walking lunges, I feel like it's a great one because you're throwing an element, like you say, of instability in there and it's forcing your core to correct and the anti-rotation muscles in your core to stop you falling over essentially. Yeah. What are some other exercises you'd recommend people getting into the gym to try putting into their routines at first?
1: What I see tends to wear quite nicely is focusing on legs. Okay. Legs are something that it's much harder to work on because there are bigger muscle groups as well, but it also requires a lot of different skills to build those so i'd probably definitely stick to calf muscle training so your your heel raises your soleus raises as well to build your calves is super super difficult we just don't grow the calf muscle as much as how easy it is to build your quads or your hamstrings these are much easier muscle groups to build but these are really really important particularly if you are getting older because having a good calf muscle in itself it'll it'll, it'll prevent you from falling it'll prevent you from fracturing bones a lot of high benefits really i'd probably do focus more on the glute side of things because that's one of the mus- biggest muscle group in your body or the strongest muscle group in the body and back really i'd probably focus on on those two to start off with really but i think from my point of view is, is is whether that person understands also what what they're working and what they're doing in the gym so the initial few sessions should be that you understand the technique and what muscle group you're working and so you don't injure yourself in the long run really
0: rather what are your goals in your work life in your training for this year.
1: I'm hoping to sort of try and push more the evidence side of things within physio into a sim- simpler form for patients to understand because there's a lot of information out there which a lot of it is misinformation but because they've you know they've got massive following people are very much you know they must be right because they've got a lot of people following or a lot of likes. I think sometimes we we're, we're, we're not really realizing where this advice is coming from, so I'm hoping with with my page, hopefully to build that a little bit within my career. Also, there's a lot of developments within my company as well, so I'm, I'm hoping to try and push the idea of of having sort of a proactive way of looking at things in terms of physio. So rather than get an injury and then we're looking at you come to physio, potentially push more the sort of prevent those issues and and build more information on that side of things so I'm hoping to do a bit more research into that and hopefully build a portfolio based on that in terms of my training I did have a bet with one of my friends so I'm in the process of getting a house at the moment so I've actually got a house uh, I part put an offer on my house and I did say that if I do get a house in the next two to four months I'm gonna do probably a bodybuilding competition something potentially I've considered in the past it'll give me a, a goal to work towards as well it will be something good to maybe have a go at doing but I don't know yet so I think training wise to continue training probably to incorporate a bit more sort of strength work as well and, and give myself a bit more of a routine because if once you've been training for so many years um I think you sort of just go with what you normally are used to um so having a bit of a goal or or changing your routine a little bit will will help that a little bit I think that's about it, really
0: i've really been enjoying watching the fitness videos you've been putting out there specifically like the evidence-based stuff you've been putting out is very different to the sort of mainstream fitness content that you see where it's just you know some TikTok person who's doing hip thrusts to like a trending song and not really putting any actual information out there i much prefer when there's actual voiceover or you talking directly to the camera as you do in some of your videos yeah it'll be very interesting to see the bodybuilding build up to a competition it'd be interesting to see how you tackle that but yeah that's all we've got time for today reda thanks so much for coming on
1: been a great pleasure thank you